Wait, 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 hold on. You had a residency at DC 10, am I right? Somewhat. I played a year for them. I, I played nine times one year, one summer. That's a residency. That's almost the whole summer. Yeah. You know, I was messing with like the young pups in, in the hot new place that became the hot new shit. And I would go in there and I would be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like most of the kids, you know, there were some real DJs and there was a lot of fake DJs and that shit. You know, and I got to even, I, I even got to see the good DJs become tainted and, and brainwash to be playing the same shit every week, not even change up their set. They would just think, well, this crowd is going to be gone this week. The next crowd is landing at nine o'clock. They're not going to know that I played that shit last week. And it just became a lot of really repetitive fake shit, man. You know, this is why I became really angry. This is why I had to open up and be like, I don't like this shit. I don't like what's happening. This is not what I, this is not, that wasn't, that was like an ugly period that I, I was like, what the hell's going on with this shit? And then, you know, still maintain, bro. I mean, I was one of the only Americans DJs, like not only, bro. There's maybe 20 to 25 American DJs that rotate all the time, the globe. They got those solid gigs that you know they're doing it. For a long time, dude, I, I was surrounded by Europeans, man. I would be the only American. Right. Until, you know, some festivals, well, you know, like 54 states started putting American DJs together, which was awesome. Things like that, you know? This is why I became an angry person online. But it wasn't angry. It was fr fucking frustration, man. It was frustration from... from now, let me, let me give you my point, okay? So mm. when I saw the first big announcement when you called out Swedish House Mafia, I thought, this is what we all kind of thought, you were trying to push your position in not as being angry, but to grab a position where you say, wait a second, you people are pulling the wool over everyone's eyes. Stop this nonsense. I want my crap back. And I kind of quietly said to myself, probably the other student as well, when we all said, wow, he's got a big pair of steel kahunas to do this because he's taking on now the number one guys like David Getter was Sweet House Mafia. You know, yeah. these guys are running the show now. It ain't it ain't Eric Murillo or Roger in the number one positions anymore now. Now they're taking those positions, you know? Yeah. And their positions were, look, uh, first of all, I never put David Guetta down. He's actually my friend. We've been friends He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. He booked me in Paris the first time, probably in 93 or 94, uh, the Palace. I will always remember that that gig. Him and Kathy, you know, it's Kathy like they, yep. yeah, they did their thing and, you know, they saw a business as well, man. I don't blame people for going for the business, but a lot of people were using our platform of DJ culture to fucking shit on it, to build their crappy ass fucking industry they built. I know. You know, to get that money, you know, and then. I always said, if you're going to be fake, at least fucking tell people that you're fake. 
tell people where you really are. Don't say I am this, but really you're that. You know what I mean? And there was so much of that shit, man. So much of that shit. Then it became like things like I called out, I called out circus in Liverpool. A place that I that I I have roots playing a a nation, a cream, many, many years, cream club, you know, cream became cream fields around the world. You know what I mean? Like real shit. They got my wait. So what happened with circus? Because people had asked me that during this week. They want to know why you, I think you opened the window and threw stuff out the window or something. I forget what it was. You went crazy. You got so angry. You were out there. Manchester, you, Manchester and Liverpool are 45 minutes from each other. Okay. Right? I built a massive, really good following in Manchester. From Sankey's Soap back in the day. Oh, yeah. That's where I started. And then I moved my circle around and like I became a name there. So then... Uh, it became an era where after Sankey's kind of was whatever and things changed, it became the warehouse project and all these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I took part on a lot of those warehouse projects too. You know, I was like, whatever. So in this particular night, I took the warehouse project thing and then a party that was popping. I mean, like everybody was there. Everybody was there. In retrospect, I should have said, you know what, I'm gonna fucking stay here. But I took a second gig because sometimes 45 minutes away an hour away, there's another gig you can pick up a couple more money and then cooking and and a good night. So I left Manchester after my set and blowing the shit out of the place. Got in my car, got to fucking thing, get there, and the whole place was empty. The whole venue was empty. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Then there was another room where like Fat Boy Slim was playing Norman Cook. And it, you know, he had, of course, he was gonna take most of the kids because he's fucking Fat Boy Slim. You know what I mean? So I played 15 minutes. I took my USBs out because I was using stupid ass USBs, turn off the music, and I walked out of the club. You left it with no music? I just laughed, man. I was like, I'm not going to play for an empty room. And not that I never played for empty rooms before, but I was like, these two motherfuckers are over there in Manchester partying where the party's popping. They could have told me, yo, shit's not, shit's not cool over there. Just stay here. Right? But they wasted my fucking time, bro. So I was like, maybe you need to fucking wrap it up. And that, that became a battle of me versus circus and the whole city of fucking Liverpool, bro. What where, the whole where, city? Wait. The whole what city, the whole city gotta, <laughs> What is that all about? Come on. They, <laughs> these are hooligans. These are fucking hooligans, man. These are people who have that mentality of like tribal hooligan shit. So then once they thought that I was dissing their beloved circus, which I, I helped build in the first place, when Yusuf and his little other dude that was throwing the event, when they started, they had nobody, man. And and by then, I was the big name. So I would show up to their night to give them love and start their shit. Not only me, but all the DJs like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they started with us, and somehow it became a business. 
you know, anyway, the whole Liverpool City Pool, after me giving them already almost 15 years of love, turned their backs on me. And I was like, that's cool, whatever. I started taking the piss, you know how they say in England, taking the piss out of them because I knew their language because I've been so many times in fucking Liverpool. I know how to speak Scouse. If I need to get Scouse out, I'll tie some shit that hits them in the heart. So give us an example of what you mean by Scouse. Do you know Scouse? What would you say to someone you needed to diss them hard? English, they, everybody in England has their own kind of little, you know, in Spanish, we all have different accents. That's right. In England, in England they have 10 or 12 or 15 different accents, depending on where you are. Scousers are, Scousers are like the Beatles. Imagine John Wayne. I mean, not John Wayne, John, stupid ass, from the Beatles, man. John Lennon. John Lennon. If you, if you remember John Lennon's voice, that's what Scouse is, you know? That there were Scousers and shit. They, they were like local bar, you know, local bar dudes and shit, Scouse. And they have this really heavy accent. The only accent that I found even more crazy than that was the Glasgow people from Scotland and even Edinburgh. Their, their language is like, wow. It's English, but it's so strong, <laughs> you know? Strong and shit. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I can't really mimic the Scouse shit right now, but I can tell you, I knew what to write. And because I, I utilized the power of the manipulation of the social media against those people themselves, which pissed them off even more. I think I even came out in the sun like they hate the sun and fucking DJ Snake or some shit like that. Oh, right, because the sun is a, is, a, is a Liverpool record from the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. Here comes so. the sun. <laughs> Yes. And uh, and anyway, you know, things like that just kept progressing, man. You know, a few years later, it was like the fabric shit. You know, I I made a compilation for fabric. I played a fabric many times. Even the last time I was at fabric, my wife was disgusted by the by the bench of dudes that are drugged out, holding their heads like like the gatos, bro, like straight up in the corner, like shooting heroin or some shit, even though they're not shooting shit or whatever, they look so... Like junkies, uh, right? Junkies, man. Like, straight up not there for music. They're there for drugs and shit. So then, you know, whatever, man. They Wait, Fabric, there's a big campaign of Fabric, and then all of a sudden, Snake yeah. is ripping on Fabric. What happened there? What do you mean ripping? All I wrote, all I wrote, was I don't care. I don't That's care. That's all you wrote? Fabric, I don't care? Hashtag, I don't care. And I put this fabric logo. <laughs> and that got me into so much shit. The whole UK shut their doors on me, dude. For two fucking years, I didn't get no gigs in the UK. Right? Because everybody thought that I was saying, fuck the UK nightlife. But no. Because people don't understand maybe the way I speak and what and what tone or the way I speak Spanish first. I still think in Spanish, you know what I mean? I'm fucking Puerto Rican, man. People don't understand shit. It's like I translate shit from Spanish to English sometimes, you know? So anyway, it's the delivery. The message is always good, but it's the delivery. And I know that people don't understand that delivery, but I'm from the hood. 
I, I grew up, I educated myself as best as I could. I did well in school. I hustled all my fucking life. It got me to this level. You know what I mean? And whatever. So anyway, the fabric shit, I wasn't really playing fabric as much. I, I wasn't really into what was happening. I didn't really care. You know what I mean? So, and they had pulled that shit of shutting the doors and then begging for the city to support and the mayor and all that shit. I was like, dude, you've done it four times now. Like people can't see that you've done it four times. You know what I mean? I said, maybe you should be shutting down. There was other venues in London that I even posted on Facebook, which nobody gave a shit. I wrote 10 other venues that meant more to me and London for house music, for the people that, for our people. Right, that we all played the cross, at. The Ministry of Sound, The Cross, uh, The End. Bar Rumba. Uh, Bar Rumba. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? It, it, um, Velvet Underground, where Carl Cox used to do his Thursday night. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Jim Masters. It's like there were so many little spots that you can play literally every night in London if you were from New York or Chicago. That was awesome. You would take 200, 300 pounds just to play because you wanted to get down anyway. I miss Barama, dude. I miss my homie. Oh. Yep. It was a shame what happened to him. Let me get everybody, let me get everybody while he takes a breather break. Let me tell everybody how awesome that those nights were. There was Catch a Groove Records that used to go into town, right? You would get off the plane, you go see Catch a Groove, you would go down to West London to Black Market, and those shops alone. You would see all the DJs hanging out. It would be like someone like myself came into town, sneak, any one of us, Roger. Uh, and you run to CJ in the street, CJ McIntosh or Falling Heller. They were all around. Alan Russell was down in the muse at Black Vinyl. There was a whole like spectrum of people that, you know, kept this American English sound going. Because a lot of the English guys loved the American sounding records and they were doing their twists on their the how English house scene was American records with a British twist. You know, and I give them a lot of credit. They did a lot of great records came out from a lot of those guys. And along the way we also lost a lot of people too when things changed, you know, and um and a lot of record shops. Um yeah. It was, it was a tough time for a lot of us. The changes yeah. went on. But uh, we knew you get that spliff in your hand, and this is this is the salsa that we know. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm sorry to bring up that emotional moment, but you know what? It's good that you did say it, and, you know, um, unfortunately, I that's... I remember my boy Kenny Hawks, man. Kenny Hawks. He, yep. Yep. A lot of good pieces. A lot of people gone, bro. There's a lot. That's why we're still here to, to carry that torch. That's our job. I'm still here. <laughs> You're still I'm here. A bunch of us still here. Yeah. I just graduated the True House Stories. I'm your new. I'm your neighborhood news reporter. But not too long ago, yeah. I was your DJ. If you remember, yeah. pre-pandemic, everybody. I used to play records, you know, and I played vinyl. He knows that. Yeah. I didn't come playing digital. 
I swore in DJ Magazine. It's in DJ. I have to eat this every time. I said I would never play CDs. Big mistake. And that's me. But we'll go back to Mr. Saucy. I I tried to, and then I had to do it, man. I was traveling so much that I had to do it. You had no choice. If you carry a CD bag, then a couple CD bags, you're cool. But then, you know, you, you get lost. You get lost. You you really get removed for something that 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 was the way we played our music. We made records for vinyl. We masterized shit for vinyl. When you right. play vinyl, that shit sounds amazing. I put that over any track. I mean, do you remember all? Do you remember the? Giant Step Records, man. Do you remember how great those records were? Yeah, that was um Morris and, Morris Bernstein's label. Yeah, of course I remember. Heavy vinyl and you played yes. it nice and loud. And you know what I mean? It's like there was there was a, a craft to it. You know what I mean? A lot of that shit got lost, man. But technology and all this bullshit got shit like that. And I was in it. I was I was trying to keep up and I was doing whatever I had to do to keep up because people were like, oh well, you're talking all that shit now about vinyl, but you were just playing CDJs. And I was like, yeah, because I was playing 180 gigs a year around the world. I wasn't playing in your local neighborhood bar. You know what I mean? So the last time you were locals when you were a kid. That's it, dog. <laughs> That's, That's the way it was. You ain't look, you ain't nobody knows you as a local DJ. You just come into town on a plane and do your thing. Yeah. I remember in 1994 telling my brother and about five of my friends, Tyree Cooper. Fast Eddie, my boy Al, my other boy Sharky, and Bear Who. We were at this roof smoking a fucking joint. And I said, next year, I'm going to travel the world. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah. But my brother was like, no, I know this motherfucker's not. He's going. He's going for real. They think they're giving yeah. you that. They're giving you that love. And love. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, no, he's really going to do it. And you did it. Yeah. Yeah, and I did it. And I accomplished that by by pure willpower and like, you know, hard work and passion, man. You know, this this whole shit of making uh, uh, an avatar yourself and making you look yourself young and all this stupid shit and trying to keep up. It's like, come on, man, who are we trying to really uh, kid here? You know, we're, I'm not, even right now, I'm not trying to appeal to 20-year-olds. They got their own. So wait a minute. You don't think the kid going to the gym to look, to look ready to take your shirt off for the gig is necessary? Because I used to laugh about that all the time. <laughs> Only David. Because they would always say, they would always say all of us, you Americans are all fat. They would tell me the same thing. I'm heavy too. I mean, I'm not as heavy as the other guys, but I'm not skinny either. I'm pretty heavy. You know, I wasn't, I, I maybe I should have been doing pumping that iron and looking like, you know, so I could have my t-shirt off. Was it more about that? Or more about being the music. For me, it was always about making the music and making the song that was success. It's like everything was more important than the music. The music was always the last thing on the list for people. And it's funny because that's what they used to launch their shit. It was usually, oh, let's pay somebody to make a hit or whatever. We'll make them give them a couple of grand, a couple of points. But we'll put the name on it and put it out. And then that's how that that whole industry was built on that shit too, man. Sneak, I asked another producer the same question. I understand how you feel. When you first knew that somebody was doing that, how did you feel being that you were doing your own records? What really were you thinking the first time you heard it? 
I was disappointed. Real? For real? I was shocked more than disappointed uh, I at was first. Disappointed. I was disappointed because sometimes people build his fucking names and careers on other people's fucking real work and they take all the fucking credit. And that shit's been going back from day one. Well, that goes back to Motown and pre that, bro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like within the industry, within that industry, it was happening so much. It was like they should have been giving DJ careers for maybe about five dudes who were ghost producing for all the Europeans. Five. Maybe a couple Americans ghost producing for them too. Yeah, there was some Americans doing it too. And it's just like it's obvious because even when you went to stupid whatever web shit to listen, you'd be like, this shit sounds the same as that shit. And that shit sounds the same as this. Oh man, as a producer, you'd be like, I hate this shit, but let me hear what the shit's all about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking to say. Can someone yeah. like me? It's like, what are you talking about? He's doing that he ain't doing his own records. What are you talking about? I'm like, yo, the boy don't know anything about the studio. What do you mean don't know about the studio? Yeah. It's so it's like so disappointing to to fucking get to even a person and then you'd be like, wow, you don't even make your own shit. Really? You tell people you put you make records, you fucking tell people you put your name on a record, but it's not a record. It's a file. It's right. not real. Right? Some of these fools did put it on records too and then went the other direction. But it's it's really sad, dude. That shit was like, that was disappointment. That was pure disappointment. Because I expected everybody to be having, maybe that was my bad. I expect everybody to be having the same ethical thinking of, of the of the house music culture, but it didn't even care, man. They didn't, it wasn't house music. It was some other bastardized version of some shit. It completely mutated using our shit, but it mutated to another another so monster. So it's like the Millie Vanilli operation in a sense, where where there was real singers and stuff doing <laughs> their thing, but these guys were fronting, and all of a sudden because they look cute, yeah, and they. They they put them out there and then it went wrong. And then people were like people Yo, get called out. People get called out. That's a way to see. You stole some shit of mine. You put your name on it, and then they would still get booked. Man, I would be like, no. When did that? Yeah. When did that become? That's the question that people are asking. Look, man, it's the story. It's the hype and the story that it creates. If you go viral on some fucking story that you stole somebody's shit and that somebody, you'd be like, listen, motherfucker, I'll give you a thousand bucks to shut up. But I'm still going to run with the story because the story is was bringing the views and the likes and all the bullshit that they crave on. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's part of that shit. It's really, really nasty world, man. Like, that shit is a matrix. And if you don't watch that shit, it will control you. It definitely feeds on your energy. We're fucking transmitting energy the whole time, man. It feeds on your shit somehow. And then when you're not responding, they'll start putting stories in front of you. You know, this is what I was saying before. They edge you. Basically, they do they do decoys in front of you to start making you angry. I had to I had to email like DJ and Mix Mag and all these people and said, "Stop taking an old picture of me and one quote from an old fucking interview that I might have done. I don't know what, and make that shit the headline." 
because nobody cared about what happened after the headline. So it would be my picture and the quote. So then I'll be looking like an asshole the whole time. You know, Europe loves to build you up so then they can chop you down. They love to build you up, especially Americans. It's like they glorify Americans until they can copy your style or, or buy you out. And then destroy you. Yeah, and then take whatever you created and bastardize that shit and be like, boom, done. You know, I mean, it happens everywhere, but Europeans are very good at that shit, especially the UK, man. Not going to shit on everybody there. There's love for a lot of people there and respect, but there's a few cancers that are running show right now, and it fucking sucks, man, because they don't... That shit is not house music. That shit is not house music. That shit is not our style house music. No. And I'll be clear to make this clear. They can't do that without us. And that's not being egotistical. It's just, it's an American thing. Even though the English have done their sound. It's, I'm not, and I'm not here to downplay it. There's some great producers, but you hear the difference from the American records. You hear it's a different sound. And there's a lot of great producers in London. And I said that many times. Amazing, but, amazing guy. Uh, those are not the people I'm talking, you and I are talking about. We're talking about the other cartels that run the shit. Right, the time, the time. Who started, <laughs> who started being the record label, and now they're doing festivals in Croatia's and this and that. You know, those type of types. Those, that's a business. It's not, they're using, they're appropriating shit that is not theirs. Okay, and they do buy it a lot, and people do sell that shit a lot, but it's not theirs, man. It's not theirs. It's not theirs. It doesn't belong to fucking nobody. It doesn't belong to Chicago, New York, or whatever, but shit, it belongs to American DJs who put their fucking Frankie, Morales, Roger, Masses at Work, Todd Terry, and the the list goes on. That's our legacy. It's true. You know what I mean? So it's like, if we don't claim our legacy and our power, whatever. You know, I get, I get my, I say again, my shit is that I have too much pride because I was that kid from Chicago who fucking did it from square one. So then when I see people step on my carpet or my shit real hard, not giving a shit, of course I'm going to speak up because I worked and they didn't. Or they did a different type of work that wasn't... Maybe I should have realized that that shit was too much and would have got out years ago and said, you know what? That's not my shit. That's not my shit. It's taken to 2020 and the break for me to see that shit. So now I realize that's so the not pandemic me. really made you reflect for a moment. Of course, man. First, I live in LA. I lived in Toronto for many years. I have a life there. I'm Canadian too now. You know, my wife and my kids are Canadian. We moved to LA. I didn't have my records for four years. They were in storage. I get my records here. And all the memories that the records brought to me got 
filled up the fucking cup that made DJ Sneak and emptied out the fucking industry out of that shit. I realized I just like, man, I was in it too long. It's like an old boxer, man. You know what I mean? And I don't necessarily care to go back to it or I don't want to diss it. I just don't want to be there in that shit no more. I don't belong there. I'd rather roll solo and grab real true fans of house music to, to follow me somewhere and shit. That's not our shit. When we start realizing that all those companies and all these online things, and all, they're all working together. Spotify making, I mean, if Pharrell gets 75 million listens and gets $4,000, what do you think BG Sneak is going to get? You know what I mean? Or Todd Terry or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like there's no return there and shit. So I don't know. I've done everything. I feel good. I feel real good. I think I've, I've overcome a lot of shit and I had to grow and take my my punches and my kicks in the nuts for shit that I said. I realized that sometimes I started the fight and I was fighting myself, man. I was fighting my ego. I was fighting my constant, I have to maintain shit. When I was with, when I was with a whole bunch of phonies and a few real people in between, you know what I mean? I was like, I should have just said, nah, you know, that's not my shit. But we have life and kids and mortgages and fucking bills and shit. So you keep doing it. As long as the money's good, you keep fucking doing it. Last year, that stopped. And it was the best shit that could have happened to me. Because I realized I still would have been doing it until I, I probably would have got to 70 years old if there was no stop. Because I wouldn't stop it. I loved this shit, you know, but I didn't love where I was. So, 2020, man. March 2020, the whole country shuts down. The whole yeah. world shuts down. Yeah. The machine comes to a grinding halt. We're in the middle of a president that is showing sensationalism, showing that you can be defamed through Twitter. You know, it's, it's a, you know what? It's truly American made. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I want to clarify that to everyone. He he had worked the social media to a point that he really, I mean, I'm going to give Trump credit as much as people heard me many times slag him off. He made Twitter, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, this man made Twitter in the sense that his, you're like watching every word he says, every yeah, time he does something, good, bad, or indifferent. You know what I'm it. saying? You got to be right there. You're like, what did he say? Every time. It was more like that. And yeah. the same thing went with us, too. It was like, yo, we got to. We got to put social things up. We got to post every day because we got to stay in it. We got to keep pushing it. And that's the machine that we're in. The machine, the machine, the machine. We come like robot. Yeah, it wasn't, there was no substance. There was that's no what I'm saying. The robot. Robot love. It was like people were straight faking shit. Like, oh, I'm going to take a picture by the jet, but I'm really not going to get in a jet. I'm going to get in the regular shit. I'm just going to take a picture by the jet and post it and be like, yeah, I'm taking a flight here. You know, it's like, it became very much an entertainment 
for that sort of generation, man. You know? Entertainment. And and nothing to do with music. And a bunch of different people came up and I was like, really? On my worst night, even with a cold, I'll smoke any of those motherfuckers playing music. The knowledge of like the the, the record stores this way, the wedding this way, the all the gigs, all I mean, man, people don't understand. If, if I was a freaking pilot, I would have stripes all the way down, homie, because I put in miles, man. You know, and I gave it my best every time. You know, so yeah, I'm a fighter. I'm a fucking scorpion. I'm Puerto Rican, man, and I drink coffee. So, pfft, you know, but it's all good. Life has brought me to a point where last year I realized what I needed to do and what I didn't want to be doing no more. Because I realized that I put in 30 years of my life into an industry. And while the first maybe 20 years were lucrative financially for everybody, the last 10 years after that was straight business with some fucking made up numbers and what do you call them decks and presentations and you know fake numbers and oh if we do this and we sell that and blue 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 and we it's all magic make-believe shit man you know but people are so into like facebook and all and instagram and tiktok it's like dude i mean that's not real life. That's not real life. You know, everybody's trying to put out their best out there. And sometimes, most of the time, they're faking that shit. Well, that's the problem I think we all have. It's it, it's the longevity of this movement of the digital side. Things don't last long to, to build an organic base off of it. You know, um, there's nothing organic about it, though, man. I was trying to say, I'm trying to compare it from an organic sense, really, meaning the old vinyl way, the analog business. Things took a little longer to get off the ground, but when it did get off the ground, it stood with you for a while. The digital thing is like, in blink your eyes, if you maybe you blink too fast, you may have missed it. That's how fast it moves. It's disposable, man. It's disposable shit. As, as disposable as the DJs they play it, as disposable as the the the, the tribe of this ten DJs that are that are managed by the same agent and they're all playing the same nights and even sometimes around each other and they play the same shit from the same laptop from the same controllers. This is like it's a formula, man. It's a formula. A lot of people got really good at creating the formula and then making people believe in the formula. And that's how they made money, man. I'm not mad at that shit. I just didn't... After years and years, I was like, this is not my shit. It's not my shit. I want to take my old school ass back to where I'm happy, where I take control shit, where I do what I want, whenever I want, and I'm not going to count or depend on those companies that I formerly was working with. You know what I mean? Like, by having catalogs of music where they don't pay out, but they survive and make millions of dollars a year. If you can't make money from me, and I'm not saying they're making millions of dollars from me, but imagine multiply me 
versus what a hundred thousand people that are posting shit every day there to try to get shine or a gig or a status and a top 10. Like when the fuck did it become about a top 10? That's the most ridiculous shit I ever heard, dude. My top 10 is like, if you fucking sold three, four, 5,000 records, that was my top 10. Not some, Oh, you only need to get, you only need to buy a hundred copies of your own fucking track to put your track in number one. <laughs> So everybody believes that you're some hot shit. Come on, dude. It's like, this is a reality that people don't want to face and shit. So you're trying to say that there is websites that you can go on and buy your own track back for the right That's money? The oldest trick in the book, bro. So let me give some of the people an education lesson a little bit. Back in the 50s, 1950s, Major label companies started this. What they would do is to get a record to go up the chart, when the record was coming out the week of release, they would send out what they call their buyers. And the buyers would go back to the shops that they were selling their 45s to for the single and make them go and buy the singles. And that's how they tallied up the numbers. Now, of course, some of these records are really great, but at first... It was a tactic to push singles up the charts to get a top 10 position. So this has been going on for a long time. The, the, the companies were doing this. I'm not going to name names, but when I worked at record stores that were doing scanning for SoundScan, there was labels that would show up with a box of 40 or 50 and say, scan all of these right now and you can keep the box for free. Because all they were looking for was that scan to move up in the billboard chart or whatever is nothing new, man. There's a, but there's definitely, there's, there's a group of people from England who really excelled at this fucking game and they've been doing it. They've been controlling the market with their stuff based on, I'm sure they have, there's many ways you can pay or buy shit. I remember a kid back in the day on a small website got busted because he was using the same credit card to buy his track. This shit was like 12 years ago. You know what I mean? So, and this is a single kid who said, damn, nobody's looking. I'm just going to buy my shit over and over again until that track goes to number one. That's been happening. These labels from Europe specifically have mastered that shit. That's how they move their shit. That's how they make this shit look number one all the time. Because when you listen to it, it's, it's crap most of the time, man. It's good music and then it's like, wow, you make it look so good. And then when you take a bite, you're like, what the fuck is this? It's like caca. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Yes. Whatever, man. It's all part of like a bigger agenda. What's the machine, bro? Coca-Cola does it. Pepsi does it. McDonald's yeah. does it. It's called the filler. You know, it looks great. It feels yeah. great. Yeah. But when you go touch it, you're like, this is fake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just come to the point. My so that's where this is the question. This is the yeah. question everybody's asking. Yeah. You know, you decided to to say it's track source and the and I'm not just gonna say track source, all digital sites. Yeah. That sneak had enough. Yeah. 
I want my stuff back. Why? Because you've been doing along. You've been playing along. You've been playing along a long time with the game. Tell us why. It's a rigged game. It's not my game. It's their game. And under their, their rules, you get nothing in return. You feed, you feed the, the matrix with your energy and your music and your art. And then you have to kind of go back to your... I mean, I released a lot of DJ Sneak records because I didn't want to go back to the kid that gave me the track and say, bro, that shit sold like $50. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it wasn't... It's not a sustainable system anymore. Everybody believed in it. That everybody had a fair chance, but it's not, man. If these people are nothing without our music and content. Okay, so hang on a second. Let's go to the big one, B port, because that theme we be more set to that dirty gangster thing that you were doing, the gangster sound. The tracks was more the soulful new disco. Let's talk about B port for a second. B port was owned by Richie Horton and them, right? In the beginning when they created this. And then FX, FXX, I forget, comes and buys them along, 50 million. You know, you're DJing, you're living the life at that time. And the analog business, the vinyl business is starting to go down and down and down. Mm-hmm. The next step is a younger, the internet made things more, more accessible. Um, you had, you know, ease. LimeWire, for example, was when Everything was exposed. Snake You got to take take it further back. We gave it Napster. Napster started. Yeah, and the Napster say Napster, LimeWire. Yeah. You didn't Lime that right. There you go. Let's talk about B Port and the machine. So, because you were you were idolized by B Port at first. I mean, I saw your picture a lot in there. You know, they were pushing and using you as a, as as their flag. You and the other guys. Was, I I actually waited five years to put my catalog there, and I I had already compiled pretty good catalog, but vinyl that a lot of people have today. So, when I brought my shit, I said the first couple of years. There was decent quarters. There was decent checks. I was like, okay, that's cool because I wasn't making that with vinyl because vinyl started taking a dive because the label started shutting down, the distribution company started shutting down, the record store started shutting down, and that was the end of that shit. I'd say 90% of it died and about 10% still exists. You know what I mean? And and it was really unfortunate, man. It was. It's like they killed the whole industry Made everybody believe in that shit. And then it's just a machine. You're feeding something there. You know, if, you know what it is too? You know what it was for me? I was like making money DJing and making a living of that, right? And then when the accounting would come and I would be like, that's it. You know what I mean? I was like, what do you mean that's it? Like, that's it? Yeah. Because you were, you were doing what everybody else was doing, comparing to the old way. Yeah, not only not only that, but I was growing and evolving with what was listen, as an American DJ, whatever, going to Europe, what I learned was branding. That's why I started I'm a house gangster. You know what I mean? I started a brand because everybody had get a half fuck me and famous. This had this other brand. You know, it was branding. So oh yeah. All about branding. 
all about branding and marketing. You know what I mean? And then it became a thing where I was I was picking up on what they were doing and trying to like you know use the same ways that they were u- using it, but still keeping it true to my shit. Still being DJ Snake and the house gangster, the, the dude that. It's only a gangster for house music because I just don't like people shitting on house music. It, it irks me for somebody. <laughs> I had a friend, bro, and I swear if he wasn't one of those really amazing friends, I would have popped him, dog. But he said... He had, a, he had a shirt that said, fuck house music. Oh, no way. Or, or fuck deep house or some shit like that. And I was Ooh, like, what? what? Dude. Are you crazy? Oh. But he was like, he was like a funk soul dude, like a really well educated. So it was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I ended up wearing one that said "fuck trans" for a bunch of years because I hated trans. That was like, that was a. Yeah, that's a different style of music completely from house music. Yeah, I mean, just things just kept evolving, man, and that's. That's what happens. But but I to to, to now let me let me be because they're not here to talk for them. Be port and yeah. track source. Yeah. Let me let me take it even another step. That's really destroyed this digital thing. I think is the the free streaming situation on Spotify. Right. And being able to not have to purchase anything and just make up your own playlists. Yeah. From say Todd, Sneak, Louie, yeah. David, yeah. Frankie, me, Victor Simonelli, Junior Vasquez. The list goes on and on. I mean, all our records are up there in digital streaming. Yeah. And Spotify. Yeah. And, and Spotify, then wait, and then wait. Spotify insults you even more and says, We're not giving you the royalty you deserve. That's even worse for the for the artists. So yeah. Not only the labels are getting screwed because they think, oh, I'm going to put it there because I'm going to get more eyeballs to the label. But they're just feeding into a bigger machine. Man. They don't care about our shit. When we start realizing that our style of music and our cultural shit was cut from a, and became something else, then, then people will get back to normal, man. I want to just cut myself off from that shit. And I know I can... And I'm not saying this out of like egotistical shit. I can survive on my own on my own little island. I don't need to be in the ocean with a bunch of fish. I really did that game. You know what I mean? Now just want to settle down and be like, if you like this style of shit, I'm right here. Come to me. Maybe it'll make a balance between like people who create the the music and the the experience versus the people who sell it and pimp it out for you and don't pay you shit. It's like, it's happening everywhere. Hip hop, everything and music, everything, man. And these days and into going to the future, content is the most important shit. If you own your own property and your own content, you'll be able to redistribute that shit the way you want. Right now, everybody thinks that these two websites are the only two places that you can sell dance music. You know, and all they are is a fucking beacon for all the illegal websites to feed that people pay sometimes five, ten bucks to be like a like a a record pool. 
You know, it's like sh- your shit goes there. Three days later, they're in like a hundred websites for free. Or or worse, for some dude to make five, ten bucks that you're not making. It's like, you know. But let me also say this to you. See, you're also an established brand, okay? Um, right. You are Sneak. Todd Terry's Todd Terry. You guys have a sound that people know. Right. How do you approach to a young guy who's coming up and says, yo, Sneak, you're the man, bro, but I'm not known. You know, where does that, where does that work for someone? You know, because we understand you can take your stuff on your island, on your luxurious island, and live and survive. But in a person who has no food and water and no, and no electric and no, you know, the whole thing, no housing, where does he start from? You, you know... I'm going to start like this. I don't have a luxurious island. I just got a nice little island. And to be clear, until until two years ago, I flew that shitty-ass airline Vueling to Ibiza in and out like a mother. And EasyJet and all the... I never had a private jet, dude. I was flying with my fans, you know. Sometimes they see me in the plane and start fucking partying in the plane. You know what I mean? Just to be clear. That's okay. I, I Thank you for being clear. Thank you. I did I did good. I did good, but I, you know, I'm comfortable, but I'm, you know, I'm not a fucking millionaire. Some of these EDM kids became millionaires overnight. You know, and, and then, you know, there's a whole other part of that shit. It's like the agencies are feeding off of these people, the people who put all the ideas together, marketing plan, promotion team, funding, all this shit to create these little mega stars to make them money. Disney was doing it, you know, Britney Spears, all this other shit. That's the same logic, man. It's, I, I understand what it is, you know. I understand what it is. After all these years, and I just said, you know, I just don't belong there, shit. I don't belong there. And yeah, for the young person, I say this, okay? Right now, with what's happening and everybody being inside and locked up and all this fucking shit that's happening in the world. And you still have electricity and some sort of device to get online, you can figure out 10 different ways to promote your sound, your product, your brand out there without having to pay somebody. Because it's ironic that you have to put your music somewhere and instead of them paying you for you putting your shit there, because if, if your music is not there, they're just a server, right? So then they're charging you to put your music there and sell it to you, or sell it, move it forward, but it never, it never comes back, man. It's just like a one-way street that way. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that for a long time, man. Whatever. I just, you know, I personally just don't want my content online anymore. I'm not saying I'm buying a pressing plan and making records and all this shit, but you know, for the newcomer, there's Bandcamp, they still got SoundCloud, MixCloud, they got all these things. Give your content directly to your fan. Build those, build that fan base directly like Justin Bieber did it, man. He gave all his shit away for free. And then he became a star because he had a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 
give it to your fan base that you think is going to appreciate it instead of giving it to somebody to pimp it for you and just keep you in there, like sucking you in, like they're just sucking you away. Like whatever you give them. Yeah, sure. We're going to put it up there and then do nothing. It's sad, dude. It's sad. It's, it's, I'd rather yeah. not be there. It's the machine, bro. It's the machine, but there's ways of putting shit out there. And you know, I, I know not everybody can do this, but I have I have a choice and I have an option and like shit, I choose to take my shit now and say, I want my intellectual property and I also want the power to take my personal persona that you used to to leverage your business too. Because now they can't be using my name to attract others and shit. You know what I mean? And I'm not thinking that I'm going to be a millionaire from grabbing all my masters, but at least I'll have the rights to do whatever I want with my masters now. And that's a great thought. And you know what? You have every right to do what you want. You have It's your stuff. You created it. But, you know, one of the main questions I've been asked about the Traxor situation is... They're still seeing records of yours up there. And I know you mentioned, you know, clearly that you're taking everything down. Is everything down or are you going to let some labels due to contract restrictions and stuff? Can you fill in the blanks with that? Because people are a little bit confused how this all operates. You know, we know the stuff you own. What's going on with the stuff you don't have? I have a distribution company that distributes digitally. They have the email a couple of weeks ago before I did the, the announcement. Um, it's going to take up to a month to do almost a 90% takedown. You know? So for the rest of this month, that shit's going to be up there, and then surely you'll see things coming off. There's a 10% of people, things that I signed last year or recently, and I got to be graceful to their contract or their term. Explain, yeah, you have to explain that. You can't, you just didn't. And after that, it's like, cool. And you know what? I want to even just take it this way. Why hold on to my content and my property, right? Why why say, I'm going to hold on to it five years, but after one year, your shit's not selling. So then those four years, why you got to hold it? Just return it. If you can't pay $100 a month or a quarter, then the shit's not selling. Then give me my master's back. It's a fair deal. You had your chance. You sold it. We did well. We did split a bit of money. And after that, it's like, give me my shit back because then I can do whatever I want with it. You know? That's what I got going with some of these labels. But most of the shit, and I've hit up a lot of labels directly, and they've all, they've all agreed to take down. I mean, there's still... Has people. anybody fought you on it, like, with a good argument, like, to, as to why they don't want to take it down? You know, that fights you physically. You know what I mean? Fights you in the situation. Come on, sneak. No, I mean, somebody mentioned, you know, we're friends and shit, and he's like, why are you doing this move? And then I explained in the next email that I was like, I'm leaving that industry, and I don't want to leave my shit in that industry no more, and I don't want to depend from that industry, and hence... I don't want to leave my shit there. I don't want to feed something that I don't believe in and it doesn't believe in me and my shit. We don't want to have fucking DJ retirement fund. We fucking bust our asses to get to this fucking point. People need to acknowledge that fucking work 
is what gets motherfuckers moving in the future and shit. I'm already moved to the future. I already got another hustle. I've been live streaming and fucking charging people five bucks to watch. Not 50 bucks, not 100 bucks at a festival, $5. And I'll give them the best sneak ever. Because, you know, I don't, there's no pressure. Oh, that was another thing somebody asked me. They said, you know, he's talking all this stuff, but yet he's still playing on the Pioneers with USB sticks. Did you stop playing on Pioneers? And are you going to stop playing on Pioneers? You're going back to full vinyl. Ever since I got my collection, which has been five weeks, all the DJ sets were vinyl, man. All of them. If these people are talking shit, it's because they're not really following me, right? They're following whatever drama I might create. They only jump in when they want to be entertained and be pissed off by some shit that pisses them off because they don't want to hear it. And I sound like an old man. Oh, you're like my old dad telling me all this old shit. But shit, you know what? Delete, block, unfollow. Adios. So easy. You know what I mean? It's like we're living in this cancel culture shit. I'm looking at a stack of DJ Sneak records that say, I can't be fucking canceled from this culture, man. But I'm going to cancel that culture out of my fucking life. I don't want to be in the social media shit. I deleted my Twitter after years of having it. Completely gone. SoundCloud, Mixcloud already came down. And most of the digital shit will be, com- will be coming down by the end of this month. And you know what? It'll be fine. I'm not depriving people. I have plans for that shit. I don't plan to create a platform and be the next B-port. No, I have a plan. It will be revealed. But for now, I'm just happy recollecting what's mine and reclaiming my fucking power. I've, I've lent my, my music and my passion to people for them to fucking make money. And yes, we've all made money. But now we're here. We're home. We're working from our houses. We're fucking making shit happen the way we we have to. And having ownership or something, that's a good, that's a good sign, man. I mean, not everybody can do it. I sign tracks away that I know I can never get back. But I have to live with that. At least if I can collect, you know, most of it. And then reuse it whichever way I want, which I have a plan, you know. I, I do have a plan, you know. Because I had to say, you had to think this through to make a decision of this level. This wasn't something you just woke up and said, right, tomorrow I'm just going to take my shit down and that's it. You uh, must have thought this through. You must have been for months yeah. thinking or years thinking about looking at the situation. I'll say a, a good five years, man. A good five years. So four years before 2020, I was ready and over to throw in the towel and be like, I can't fuck with this industry no more. It's just, it was doing me in. It was getting me depressed. It was getting me egotistical. It was, it created a different person, man. Like, listen, I even lost 50 pounds. And when I look at pictures of three, four years ago, when I see that person, 
that was a person that I had created that was not me, shit. That was what I had, the persona I had to create to survive in that fucking, in that shit. And I was wearing a mask. I'm very honest, and I fucking put my shit right there in front of everybody. But I was wearing a mask because I had to fucking survive, and I had to pay bills and all that shit, and I'm not fucking broke. But fuck, I wasn't going to give my position that. I worked really hard for that fucking position. And I was like, before anybody created a new Ibiza, I was there from 95, working with the Spanish boys, working with all the local, with Pipi, with Cesar Melero, with real people that were in the island. You know what I mean? Same shit with Mallorca. It's like, again, I was in the beginning of things too. And just to be... Just to get to a level where it just gets all commercialized. Yeah, that's cool, man. Hey, more power. If that's what people want, that's great. I did 30 years, man. I'm happy. You sound like you did time the way you say it. I did 30. I did three, two times, bro. You no, know, it was graceful in the beginning. Honestly, I, I made so many good friendships. I've made, I've met so many amazing people around the world. I know I touch people's hearts. I know I've made a difference in house music. I wrote my chapter in the book of house music. I'm currently at a level of like mastery playing because I'm back playing with my, my records, man. I'm back playing the way I started. I'm back playing the way when I was 16 fucking years old and started playing my records to now. It's just like, there's nothing that, I'm, that I wanna prove or wanna further do. You know what I mean? It's just like, man, it's time for me to just say, yeah, check it out. I'm out. Y'all can have it. That's cool. I don't want to be part of it. Not dissing anybody, not dissing producers, not dissing the fans. No. I'll, I'll have a place where you can come and see me directly. That's what I'm trying to tell you all. I'm going to have that shit. That's DJSneak.com. That's my domain name. That's my world right there. You want me? Come to me. I'm not going to be through other ways. You know what I mean? Bro. Just taking control of shit. That's what we're talking about. Papa, you did it. I give you a lot of credit. The world gives you a lot of credit. I mean, a lot of people are hating on the shit, but that's fine. They don't understand it. They're not in my position. They didn't walk in my fucking shoes. Unless they walk the walk and talk the talk, they don't know what you feel. They don't know. Nobody they knows. They don't know the real person. That's they why True House This is why we have True House Stories. For yeah. this reason. Yeah. This is the reason why on a Sunday I made this happen because it had to be told. How would anybody know any of this if you didn't sit yeah. here and tell us? Yeah. And it's not like I want to throw dirt at it. I just You're not throwing dirt. No, you didn't throw no dirt. You were actually better than what most people thought. They were thinking you were going to come in like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. No, you were like, exactly. no. Exactly. I wanted, I wanted exactly. you in a relaxed yeah. environment to tell it and explain step by step because now it makes total sense why you're at where you're at. So if we're looking at a crystal ball, yeah. your crystal ball, yeah. Where is this going after pandemic? Can we come back? Can we, what's, what's the, what's the, you know, what's the dream, the new dream for you at this age now? 
at least for the next few years, I just want to catch up on life. Because I gave a lot of my time in my life and sacrificed my shit with my family. And shit with my real fans. That's all right, Papa. That's what, that's what you have to do that. Come on now, man. That's what we want to see. Come on, man. Let me tell you something. What makes you great is when you fall down. That's what makes you powerful, strong. I was down, but now I'm up. What I'm saying is to be able to be this way, you have to hit the floor. I tell people all the time, for, in other yeah. words, for you to be strong, you must, this is what makes you stronger, what doesn't kill you. That's it, man. That's it in a nutshell. So you're going to come back out. I know as soon as they call you to go DJ, you're going to be on the plane. You, you know, Who are you kidding? Come on. You love it too much. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to stay in California. Whenever the time comes, I'm going to DJ in California, maybe. But I'm not. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to the system. I'm not going to. The You're gonna play in LA only. You're gonna stay in California. Just in Los Angeles, DJ. Everything has a new purpose. Everything is connected to some to a higher purpose. It's not a gig for money anymore. It's a gig with multiple ways of revenue. And I'm controlling the gig, the stream, the merchandise, the bar whatever you know what i mean so it's a different ball game man it's like independent everybody's an abc nbc and a whatever i'm hbo now i cost five buckets to fucking to watch i'm worth a lot more but whatever dude it's like it's a different no, no you're more like st no you're more like stv sneak tv that's the yeah, hbo but, box over know, in the beginning everybody was like yo hbo yeah, but you got to pay. But yeah, they got dope shows like Sopranos. Well, shit, I'm going to pay for it then. And then you get hooked. You know what I mean? It's like... That's right. For quality shit, for for not being censored, for not being controlled and manipulated by the rest of the industry and all these platforms, you can go privately now and stream and create revenue. You know what I mean? And there's good shit there. And it all has to do... I'm working with a company called Woof from from uh from amsterdam as of the 19 i will be able to play my vinyl sets no problem and they pay the artists of whatever i play you know what i mean so there's there's a new wave on things and shit right i'm thinking that the industry that was 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 man i don't think it's ever gonna come back I don't think it's going to come back right away. And I don't think when it comes back, it's going to be what it was. And I don't think anything would ever be like it was. Very scaled down, like when it was in the early 90s with it, you know, it kind of, it reboots itself, man. It was too big and too whatever. Scaled down, smaller crowds, you know, more shit. I don't know. I can't predict. I don't, I just don't want to be part of that shit no more. That's it. Oh, I think you covered a lot, bro. I think is there anything you know else? I mean, that's, that's that's the real shit. Yep, and that's what makes you sneak. And I want to thank you for sharing your story with us, bro. You really shared it. You opened up. I mean, yeah. this is incredible. I can't tell you enough. Thank you. 
for being and keeping it real. I mean, that's dude. it, bro. Keeping it real. People have been just gobsmacked by the things you said. Even I was shocked to hear the things you said, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's real shit. There's real shit. And then what people think of you, what they think of you and judge you on. But then reality is, again, they never walked my, my, they never took my steps. And I can't blame people and I can't expect people to be doing what I'm doing and whatever. I'm, I just have a choice and my choice is going independent. You know, my choice is removing my stuff and going somewhere where I'm, I'm the beneficiator. You know what I mean? I'm the one. If there's a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks is coming in, not 20 bucks. Right. And give a, leave 80 outside. It's ridiculous. I know. You know what I mean? It's a new time. You know, it's a new time and shit. So. Like I said, everybody, he can do that. He's able to do that because he's got a legacy. And he's just living off that legacy. He wants to keep it going. I can't disqualify you for that. And that's why we all wish you the best. I mean, but this is why I feel a little bit strange now because there are people trying to disqualify me. Like, yeah, you just bitter and this. And I'm like, dude. You're not bitter. I can tell why. I'm clear where I'm going. You don't want to hear my shit. That's fine. I'm not going to explain my game to you. I'm going to be out. When you try to figure that shit out, I'll be steps ahead, man. That's always the person that I've been, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's, there's no ending to this shit because I'm still in it. I just, in a different store, in a private store, not in a fucking commercialized mall. That's you know? all. You're on the street now instead of in the mall. That's all. You're still a front operation. Yeah. I don't want to be in the dollar stores anymore. I want to take my shit to a higher store like... What? What we, what we got? Macy's or Nordstrom's? Like, Nordstrom, whatever. You know what I mean? I want to uplift my shit. How is that fucking wrong? You know what I mean? It's no, like, there's nothing wrong with it. You think, look, you made a decision. You have to see it through. And the only way to do this, this, I tell everyone the same thing. If you do nothing is easy. To do something is hard. Anything you do is hard. So there's like, you know, when people don't understand you, they call you crazy. They're calling me crazy. They're challenging me too, saying, you'll never survive without us. Because I'm getting that challenge. I will fucking double down on that motherfucking challenge, dog. I will, I will create a little fucking thing that'd be like so popping on my own and be like, I, I ne- actually don't even fucking need that shit from you guys no more. That's fine. And I'm not going to shit on everybody. Again, good luck. Do what you got to do. I'm doing my own thing. You can you can follow me where I'm going. It's very simple. But it's the source. There's no more other shops selling my shit. Just my shop. So we find you on, if people are going to check you on Saturday nights, where are they checking you out at? I stream every Friday. Okay. Uh, from three to usually... I, I do five hour sets, man. I'm, I'm Three to eight? Yeah. Uh, LA time. Let's LA say. time. So that's Cali, people. It's eight o'clock. He starts East Coast time. Three. And that's also eight. That's one o'clock in the morning in the UK. For all of you that want to tune in on yeah. a Saturday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning. 
Saturday nights, I do some stuff like I do for the ladies. It's all vocally deep house stuff. That's like once a month. Um, I got a bunch of stuff. But anyway, I'm only streaming and, and performing at DJSneak.com. It takes you straight to my, to my shit. That's it. There is a platform behind me that handles all the transaction shit, but it's fun and it's private and it's worth it. Like today I'm doing the disco set. That's from 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. to 7 tonight. And it's all vinyl disco, like playing disco. You would be proud, bro. Like Did you hear that, everyone? Yeah. He you knows know I mean? how I feel about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he knows how I'm about that like, disco it's, sound. It's good. It's good. I'm I'm in a good state of mind, man. It's just like people don't want to understand because they're they don't have an option sometimes. And I get it. You know, I'm not dissing nobody though. I'm I'm just walking away gracefully. Well, how do you say you get a, a, a honorable discharge? Honorable discharge. So you so you're getting yourself a discharge from the whole machine. That's it, man. Unplugged. All right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of artists and rock and 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 other music they have done the same thing as I'm doing right now. You know? Roger uh, yeah maybe Roger Waters, just a lot of people who are taking control of their own shit. So, so but are people gonna be able to get in touch with you on sneak.com? I mean are you gonna be able Yeah, yeah there's there's you know, social media for you so you're gonna be going that route then right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll I'll figure out how to get the the word, but honestly, if I have to go back to the days where I have to fucking call people, you'll call. I'll call them. I'm calling. I'm gonna be calling real fans though. I'm gonna be calling family of house music, the fans of house music directly, and saying, "Yo, I'm not there anymore because I don't want to be there. You don't have to be there either. Just come here and fucking be over here." Leave that. Leave that behind. No, I mean, or at least know that I'm over here. I don't, whatever. To each their own and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, because what? you know what? It allows you to have choices. It's not like you have to be at one spot. You could be everywhere. No. no. All right. No. Brother, you know, I'm not pissed at nobody. I learned. I know that I was an asshole a lot of times. I've apologized to people that I've hurt. And a lot you of people have? I have, man, I call people and apologize to them and say, man, because I realized that at that time I was a different person, but it was because of that shit. You know what I mean? And so now that I've gotten that out of my bottle or my glass and my real self's come back, I could be a man and be like, yo, you know what? I'm 50 and you're my homie and I said this shit or I never fucking went out of my way to hurt people, man. But I know some people got hurt by some of the comments I said. I live by it, man. If I wrote it, I wrote it. I know that shit's in the internet forever. I hope the internet goes down one day, too. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. I don't mean it. Let's down the internet, too. Shut it down because he doesn't want that stuff to be Shut in it. Down. Shut, it all down. Shut it all gangsters up. Just pull the power plug on everything. Yo, just go back to simple shit for a minute. Just reset, man. People are so gone, so crazy. Well, I'm going to sum this up. When the pandemic hit, it made things to get to a point where you realized you didn't have control anymore. When you thought you had control, it took all the control away from everybody. Man. 
I mean, this really opened up your eyes. If your eyes weren't widened, this did it. I was always, you know, I was always watching out, but I swear my third eye opened 2020 and I saw clear and I saw what I had to do and I knew what decisions I had to make. And as a grown 50 year old man, I was like, I need to make these decisions now because these decisions are the ones that are going to get me through these next 10 years if I want to continue, but not under a cartel of motherfuckers that don't care about music or nothing. They care about money and numbers and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe I'm just taking a fucking dive off a cliff and see what's up. But you know what? I really can always come back. Look, you make a mistake. If not, you can always come back. But if you don't try, you will never know. I always bet on myself, man. I always bet on myself because I know that I've, I've been doing things for the right, for what I consider is my right way. Not everybody's right way. You know what Damn, I mean? Boy. Yeah, well. My word is bond, dude. That's what I want to say. My I word is bond. That, I want to leave that right there. I want to leave that right there. He he doesn't break his, like Tony Montana said, he doesn't break his word for nobody. That's it, man. His word is, he is bonded by his word, so that means you can hold him to that. That's it. And that's what makes our time together that much more special. And because of True House Stories, I really got to know this man in detail, like you I did. We would have done this face-to-face, man, because you were I would have had you right here. We could have done yeah. We can't, unfortunately. But thanks to Zoom. I know, I know. I know. And thanks to the pandemic, as horrible as it is, I was able to create something from nothing, from ether, from a darkness came light, this. That's it. You know, that's and that's on my, I, and I can understand what you mean. Music to me, I love. I, lo- I love nothing more than to play records like you. It's the chair. It's unless you do this, you do not understand what he means when he says he will live and die playing records. And I get that. I get it. Yeah, and only because I got my records back and I got my connection, man. And the thing is that, you know, do it for the love again. Don't do it for a business. Do it for the love again. If you got your shit packed up somewhere, take it out and play a couple of hours and you'll remember why you bought those records. Right. You'll remember the stories, who you with, what store, how many times you played it, if you got laid, everything. You'll remember what to, what record it was that was like... That record, when I played in this party, made this crowd go crazy. Come on, dude. That's, that's shit. Is what, that shit is what brought me back to mind. You know? So now that I don't have to travel, and there's no business, and there's no industry, I can still have fun now and go back to my roots. And my roots are records. My roots is record stores, distributions, selling mixtapes, selling fucking... CDs, everything, man. That's my roots. That's why I fight so much. That's why people can't understand that there is a backbone to DJ Snake. You cleared it up, bro. You you cleared this up. There ain't nothing more to say. That's it. You touched everything. You touched it and you laid it all out. And on that note, you're the man, bro. We wish you all the success. I will always be checking in on you. You know that to see how you do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going right to. Right there. You make sure you hit him up. Let him yeah. know. You, you send him a message directly. 
Tell him what, how you feel about what he said today, because it's important. That's yeah. going to make him who he is now and make it go further for him. And thank yeah. you all to tune in to a special Sunday edition. And we got Thanks, this man on. God bless this man. And we want to wish him all the success. And may he make a billion dollars and take or it. Not, bro, at least if I'm happy. As long as you're happy, we're happy, bro. That's it. Don't write no more negative stuff no more. Leave it alone. No it's more. It's not negative. It's just facts, man. Some people don't. Don't like write it. no more. Don't, don't try to be teaching everybody. You've already taught us a lesson. <laughs> just do your thing. Do what you do, bro. It's over. No, I am, I am. I am. But you know what? Pretty soon, though. Social media. Take down. You're being warned. I know. You know, and that warning is going to be clear. And right here on True House Stories, you heard it. He's taking the social media stuff down. We're not, we don't know exactly when, but he will be taking it down. And also all the problems you thought he had before, he doesn't have any problems. He cleared it all up for all of us. He's apologized. That's what makes him the man he is. For a man to stand and say, I was wrong, makes him, to me, a great man. And on that note, DJ Sneak, Mr. Sosa, gracias. Me voy. And we care and we and we and we cherish the music you make. We love you. And you are you are part of our legacy, bro. You're part of my legacy. I still got one album I'm printing on vinyl though. Watch out. Get your money out, people. Go buy yeah. his album. Yeah, for sure. Throw him the, no, throw his single. Throw him that single in the in, in in the stars on his DJ Sneak show on Friday nights. Go hit him up. Bother him. 